Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Our listeners in our biggest affiliate, my first station, WABC in New York, the ownership has made the decision to preempt us from 7 to 8 and 8 to 9 to run a local Republican convention show. Therefore, I would encourage all the folks in the New York City area to download our podcast, marklevinshow.com. Click on the Audio Rewind, middle of the top homepage, and you can get the Apple Podcast or Stitcher or Google Podcast. Obviously, this is not supposed to happen to a major national syndicated show. We will deal with that another day. I was at the uh, White House today interviewing the president for Life, Liberty, and Levin for the full hour. And that will air Sunday, this Sunday on Fox at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I thought the president did a fantastic job. It's fascinating. I let him answer the questions. I'm not playing gotcha. I'm not bringing up books by journalists or family members or anything of the kind. That's not the point. The point is for me to ask a question and you to hear the answer. The point is for you to make a determination of who you want to vote for. Now, Joe Biden is welcome to come on the program, but he's a coward. He won't come on the program. And the President of the United States touches many, many issues, and I ask him questions about many, many issues, and he's very fluid on all these issues. He can get into enormous detail about so many issues. The problem is, most of the people who interview the President of the United States are trying to play gotcha. They're trying to make news headlines. So journalism is dead. This is an unfree press we have in this country, and I'm not a journalist. I want this president to win. I care about my family. I care about my country. I care about our liberty. I care about capitalism. 
and I care about our Constitution. And today is the 233rd year anniversary of the adoption of our Constitution in Philadelphia. 1787, on this date, September 17th. And after interviewing the President of the United States, we headed over to the National Archives at his invitation to watch the President give a a beautiful, concise speech. If you haven't seen it, go online or go onto his site and you can pick it up. Mr. Producer, if we can find it, we should go ahead and link it on my social sites. Just concisely explaining what a magnificent country this is, how most of the people in this country are patriotic, how education is doing a grave disservice by what's being taught, and he pointed out that he's going to set up, and I may not have the phraseology correct, a national commission, 1776, on the uh, education that our children are receiving in this country. And the point is this. We're not just here to pay for these schools at the local, state, and federal levels. We need to have a say in these schools. We cannot raise generation after generation of individuals our children and grandchildren, who are taught to hate our country. Who are taught the left-wing garbage. About systemic racism or whatever the other agenda is. That the founders are to be dismissed. It's the 1619 project that should be embraced. The NEA and the AFT have way too much control over our classrooms. Most school boards are extremely weak. Most school board members are not strong enough to step up to this. So it's something that needs to be addressed, and the president wants to address it. But we had a wonderful uh, interview. It's really a discussion, I should call it, a wonderful discussion. And when you watch it on Sunday night, you'll see, like most interviewers, interrupt the president. I don't interrupt the president. I let him explain certain things, the way he's thinking, what's taking place. I'm not in there to score liberal points or to show how smart I am or anything else. I don't do my interviews this way, which is why my show is number one on Sundays and all of cable news. I invite a guest on. The guest needs to speak in response to my questions. Now, we've been warning here, really the earliest about mail-in voting, that the states are not prepared, that the courts in many of these states are very left-wing, the Democrats are trying to undermine the integrity of the electoral system, because the Democrats believe chaos, as Clowen and Piven would argue, that chaos is their answer to controlling the presidency, whether they win the election or not. It is diabolical, it is fascistic, but nonetheless it's out there. And it's already started. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court is a notorious left-wing court. It's got seven members, five of whom are Democrats. And the members of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court are elected. They serve long terms, but they're elected. So there's five leftists on the court, five, and two constitutionalists on the court. And as you know, Pennsylvania's key. So what do they do? First, the court has ruled... Let me see here. First, the court has ruled that um, all ballots don't need to be counted by Election Day. Pennsylvania Supreme Court extends the mail ballot deadline, CBS News. So they've extended it for three days. 
I want you to think about that. So they've, they've baked that into the system. So here we have probably the key battleground state of battleground states. And the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has ruled that election night is not election night in the state of, or Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. It's absolutely appalling. That was their ruling. But there's more. AP. Quote, with concerns rising in Pennsylvania that tens of thousands of mail-in ballots will be discarded in the presidential election over technicalities. Officials in the presidential battleground told counties they aren't allowed to reject a ballot solely because an election official believes a signature doesn't match the one in the voter's file. A signature doesn't match the one in the voter's file. Isn't that more than a technicality, ladies and gentlemen? Isn't that evidence of fraud if they don't match? So now, in a 24-hour period, the left-wing Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has ruled that election night is not election night in the nation because Pennsylvania doesn't have to hound all its votes. It can have three extra days, at least. At least. And the Pennsylvania Department of State, controlled by the Democrat governor, has ruled, unbelievably, that officials in that state cannot, election officials, reject a ballot simply because the signatures don't match, or as the AP puts, a technicality. This is what I have feared from day one. It's already beginning with left-wing activist judges, most of them elected. And here we have it in the state of Pennsylvania. And the matter was brought up by the Campaign Legal Center, lawyers for them, the League of Women Voters, it should be the League of Left-Wing Voters, the Urban League of Greater Pittsburgh, and all the rest of it. And all the rest of it. So there's going to be late voting in Pennsylvania, and don't sweat the signatures. So you already have, in Pennsylvania, the battleground state of battleground states, built-in fraud. Built-in fraud. Built-in delays. Built-in chaos. The media says, what's your evidence? The evidence is uh, right in front of our noses. There it is. And you're going to have judges and courts ruling like this throughout these battleground states. So what should be done about this? The Pennsylvania legislature is Republican, both the Senate and the House. It has a Republican legislature. It should call an emergency meeting of the House and the Senate. Because under our federal constitution, regardless of what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court says, it is the state legislature that decides how to count for the Electoral College. And there's not a damn thing the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania can do about it. The final say is not the court. The final say is the elected representation in the House and the Senate in Pennsylvania. So the legislature trumps any court. So the Republicans in both houses of the Pennsylvania Assembly should have an an emergency session. They should overrule what the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has done. They should overrule what the the executive branch in Pennsylvania has done, both of which are controlled by left-wing Democrats, 
both of which are intended to harm the President of the United States. And they should do it now, immediately, and take control. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in. Whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You know, we have many, many platforms for listening to this show. Uh, if a station decides to preempt us or other decisions of that sort. For instance, you can go to the Mark Levin app and uh, you can live stream the show in New York. Mark Levin app, M-A-R-K-L-E-V-I-N app. You just uh, download it and you can live stream the show in New York. So for a lot of you folks out there who are used to listening to terrestrial radio in and around New York you'll see that there are other options. Now, on a regular day, I would, I would stick with WABC, but it's not a regular day. So there are other platforms available to you if people are trying to prevent you from listening to this program. So you can go to the Mark Levin app, M-A-R-K-L-E-V-I-N app. Go ahead and download it. Have it ready just in case all over the country. Or you can go to the podcast, marklevinshow.com. Click on Audio Rewind, middle top of the homepage, It'll take you to the podcast page and then go to Apple Podcast or whatever podcast you want. But for live listening, Mark Levin app, perfectly wonderful space and way to listen to the program. As I say, this program is not going to be silenced. It's not going to be preempted. It's not going to be dismissed. We're on a mission here to save our country, to defeat the enemy. To protect our families, to protect our republic, and advance the cause of liberty. I'm not going to allow any station or any owner to obstruct that message. Each and every day is crucial. Each and every day on the air is crucial. You don't know who's listening. You don't know who's going to be inspired. So each and every day up to this election, now we're talking about 50 days, give or take. I mean, that's close. I told you about the President of the United States at the National Archives today. Outstanding speech. It's a speech you will never hear from Joe Biden. And so we're not going to listen to the whole speech, but I thought you should listen to part of it. Beats listening to uh, Bob Woodward endlessly, who can barely speak, let alone think. Let's go to cut three, Mr. Producer. Go. 
must clear away the twisted web of lies in our schools and classrooms and teach our children the magnificent truth about our country. We want our sons and daughters to know that they are the citizens of the most exceptional nation in the history of the world. To grow up in America is to live in a land where anything is possible, where anyone can rise, and where any dream can come true, all because of the immortable principles of our nation's founders, inscribed nearly two and a half centuries ago. That's why we've come to the National Archives, the sacred home of our national memory. In this great chamber, we preserve our glorious inheritance, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. On this very day in 1787, our Founding Fathers signed the Constitution at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. It was the fulfillment of a thousand years of Western civilization. Our Constitution was the product of centuries of tradition, wisdom, and experience. No political document has done more to advance the human condition or propel the engine of progress. Yet as we gather this afternoon, a radical movement is attempting to demolish this treasured and precious inheritance. We can't let that happen. All right. Magnificent speech. Let's go to cut four, please. Go. Left-wing mobs have torn down statues of our founders, desecrated our memorials, and carried out a campaign of violence and anarchy. Far-left demonstrators have chanted the words, America was never great. The left has launched a vicious and violent assault on law enforcement, the universal symbol of the rule of law in America. These radicals have been aided and abetted by liberal politicians, establishment media, and even large corporations. Whether it is the mob on the street or the cancel culture in the boardroom, the goal is the same, to silence dissent, to scare you out of speaking the truth, and to bully Americans into abandoning their values, their heritage, and their very way of life. We are here today to declare that we will never submit to tyranny. We will reclaim our history and our country for citizens of every race, color, religion, and creed. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College. 
one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. It's actually even worse in Pennsylvania, and I've gone through the decisions. And the Republican legislature needs to step up. Otherwise, five liberal Democrat lawyers elected on the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania are going to throw this election to Biden. This is CNN. In a sweeping victory for Democrats, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court today issued three significant rulings that extended the deadline for absentee ballots, allowed more ballot drop boxes, and removed the Green Party candidate from the presidential ballot. They removed the Green Party candidate from the presidential ballot. Now, why would they do that, Mr. Producer? Because it would hurt Biden. The rulings come following court challenges from the state Democratic Party, which has been aiming to ease Republican absentee voting procedures amid the pandemic. This has nothing to do with the pandemic. Thursday's court decisions essentially set the ground rules for the general election. Now, under our federal constitution, the legislature sets the ground rules. There's no statutes whatsoever to support what these five rogue justices did in Pennsylvania. And if you can hear me in Pennsylvania and you're a state senator or state representative, or if you're listening in Pennsylvania, contact your state representative or state senator and tell them to light a fire under their ass, get to Harrisburg, get an emergency session, and set the rules. One of the more significant changes set by the court today, allowing election officials to count absentee ballots received up to three days after the election. But that's not what the rules are. If they're postmarked by Election Day. The change means that thousands of Pennsylvanians whose votes would have been rejected for arriving after Election Day will now be counted. So the five Democrats on the Supreme Court just changed the law in Pennsylvania to help the Democrats. What else? 5-2 decision. The top Pennsylvania state court ruled the Green Party candidate, Howie Hawkins, hadn't followed proper procedures. Now, that's precious. So if you don't follow proper procedures and you don't get your ballot in time, the Supreme Court says it'll count. The left-wing executive branch in Pennsylvania 
has said, well, and if the signatures don't match, we're still going to count it. This is why you always had in-person voting to prevent exactly this sort of thing, ladies and gentlemen. Want to vote? Show up on time and vote. Yes, we're going to match your signatures. Yes, we need an ID. All of that's changed. The ruling eliminates the final hurdle blocking Pennsylvania from sending out absentee ballots to voters who requested them. The state had been stuck in a holding pattern while the litigation played out in court. They said the Green Party failed to comply with the election code's strict mandate. Again, listen to this. So they bump out, they knock out the Green Party candidate because he didn't follow the strict election requirements. And they were unable to cure the error. This is the court. But if you don't get your ballot in by election day, but it's postmarked election day and it comes in three days later, that's okay. Now you can tell what's going on here. The Green Party campaign manager said the Democrats are playing legal shenanigans just to knock legitimate competition off the ballot. I think that they should be afraid of having Greens on the ballot because their party is not offering anything that the working class of the country is actually asking for. We are. So the Democrat Party, working with the five Democrats on the Supreme Court, knocked out the third party, the Green Party, which would have hurt the Democrats, the two Republicans on the court dissented. Said, what's the problem here? The same five Democrats ruled that if you get your ballot in after election day, so be it. It can be up to three days after election day. That's not what the statute says. It has strict requirements. So the executive controlled by the Democrats has ruled the signatures don't have to match. The Democrats on the Supreme Court have ruled that you don't have to get your ballot in on time. And the Democrats on the Supreme Court knocked out the third-party candidate so as not to hurt the Democrat Party candidate Biden. What do you think of that, Pennsylvania? What do you think of that? And they're going to do this all over the country. So if these Republican state legislatures, and I went through this last night, which state legislatures we're talking about, if they don't step up and deal with this, it could be a very long week. And under our federal constitution, they absolutely can hold null and void what the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has done, the five Democrats. Because in our federal constitution, they left it to the elected legislatures, not to unelected or elected Supreme Court justices in the states. They don't have the final say under our constitution. The legislature does. So the legislature needs to step in Needs to allow the Green Party candidate on the ballot. He needs to say no. We said that ballot has to be in by election day, and that's damn well what we meant. And no, the executive branch has no say when it comes to signatures. The signatures must match. They need to do that, and they need to do it quickly. If the legislature passes that, they don't need a signature by the governor. Again, look at Article 2. The legislature decides. They don't decide with the consent of the governor. The legislature decides. Not the other two branches. 
Not the courts in Pennsylvania, not the governor and the executive branch in Pennsylvania. The legislature, which is controlled by Republicans. It's crucial that we mention this. Because already, already the messy, uh, the nonsense has begun. Already. It's already begun with the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, the five justices. You'll remember this sort of thing happened in Florida, where the Democrats controlled that court, and they just kept changing the rules, changing the rules, until they hoped that Gore would win. Here they've changed the rules in advance to exclusively help the Democrat Party. The Democrats are celebrating their surrogates, the so-called League of Women Voters, the League of Left-Wing Voters, the Urban League, they're all celebrating. They say, wow, look at this, a trifecta. It's not hard when you have a court like this in Pennsylvania. So they need to act, and they need to act now. In Michigan, the Secretary of State was on TV recently, bragging about how they'll have everything under control. Another left-wing Democrat hack. And as Breitbart points out, Kyle Olson, the Michigan Secretary of State, misprinted the Trump line on the ballots, intended to be mailed to troops serving overseas, reports the Detroit News. Jocelyn Benson, who has endorsed President Trump's rival, Joe Biden, and spoke at the recent DNC, made the apparent error. The ballot listed Jeremy Cohen as Trump's running mate. Cohen is running for vice president on the Libertarian ticket with Joe Jorgensen. Now, how hard is it to get this right? The name of the incumbent vice president, Mike Pence, was omitted altogether. Jorgensen's line lacked a running mate, thus creating three errors on one ballot. Jorgensen, as Trump's running mate, excuse me, Jorgensen, the libertarian, has no running mate. Trump, the Republican, they gave him the libertarian running mate, and Mike Pence isn't even on the ballot. Three strikes, a trifecta, by the state of Michigan. Over 400 incorrect ballots were downloaded from the Secretary's website by local clerks to be sent to voters. It's not clear how many were actually mailed. So we have chaos even before we have an election. Or let me put it this way, since it's early voting, we have chaos even before election night. And isn't it amazing? It's the Democrats again. The Democrats Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, the Democrats Secretary of State in Michigan, it's amazing. You'd think they were in charge of law enforcement. Or you'd think they were in charge of forests and timber. Or the coronavirus, where they've done such a fantastic job across the board. Shocking, isn't it? We're barely out of the start gate. And two of the most crucial states are screwing up already. And Pennsylvania, it's by design. Now, of course, they should be jumping up and down in the media, but the media are frauds, and they are the enemy of the people, as the president says. They're frauds. But when you call me and you say, what can we do? I'm telling you what can be done in Pennsylvania. The question is whether or not the Republicans in the Pennsylvania legislature have the guts to take care of business. 
They'll be attacked by the media, but they need to make clear, we're just going back to the status quo. We're not going to allow five left-wing Democrat lawyers on the Supreme Court act as special pleaders for Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. Our law says the ballot must be in by Election Day, and that's what we mean. Our law says that the signatures must match. That's what we mean. The third-party candidate should be on the ballot and must be on the ballot. That's what we mean. Say we're instituting the status quo. That is what existed before the Democrats, the five slip-and-fall trial lawyers, Ambulance chasers, who are now justices elected on the Supreme Court, we're putting it back to the status quo. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. We're going to go to Stephanie Borowitz, who is a state representative in Pennsylvania, calling us from Harrisburg. Uh, how are you, uh, Stephanie? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. So what are you guys and gals going to do about this? Well, that's what I, I'm glad I got through to you. I was kind of despondent. I'm driving home from Harrisburg uh, late this evening and um, hear that the PA Supreme Court decides to try to hijack our election. And undermine our system. And so I'm just kind of, that's why obviously, you know, talking to you, getting direction as far as what we can do. I'm not in leadership, but I do know that those in leadership are willing to fight for what's right and liberties at stake here. So So let me tell you, uh, State Representative uh, Stephanie, let me tell you this. Under the Constitution, under Article 2, the state legislature determines how the electors are going to be chosen the Electoral College. No state court can trump a, the federal constitution. So these five liberal Democrats, and you know who they are, they're a menace on the Supreme Court. Uh, they don't get to have the final say. So it's not typical judicial review. Moreover, the executive branch determining that signatures don't have to match, again, that branch has no say either. But your branch, 
which is controlled by the Republicans, has to step in and step in soon and say, the Supreme Court decision under the federal constitution, Article 2, is null and void. The decision uh, by the, whatever it is, the Schmageggy Secretary of State or whatever, that signature shown at the match, is null and void. That we, the legislature, under the federal constitution, involving a federal election, we have the final say, we are going to continue with the status quo, and these judges and these bureaucrats don't get to reverse the, the law. That's what you need to do. Okay. And just stated, there needs to be no legislation passed or anything that we need to pass. Just make the statement that, you know, this is the law of the land. We're abiding by it. We wouldn't need Governor Wolf's signature to change that or anything. No. But you, you can pass it as a statute, pass it as a resolution, pass it any way you wish. As a statute, of course, it would have to go to Wolf. But you can pass it as a statute without his signature. And I think that's what I would say. I would say this is the law under Article 2 of the Federal Constitution that we, are re, uh, that we are restating. We can restate it as a resolution, a binding resolution. Call it whatever you want. We're in no man's land right now. Yeah. But you decide. You okay. decide. And, and by the way, and if they take it back up to the uh, state Supreme Court, you immediately seek an emergency appeal to the United States Supreme Court. Okay, but the time frame on that, I mean, are we going to have time? I mean, this is an ambush. You may not. Okay. Is is your legislature out for the the fall, or are they going to be back? No, we're headed back on the the end of September, so we weren't coming back. But, I mean, I'm going to, after I get off with you, I'm going to call the majority leader and try to call the Speaker of the House and see if we can have an emergency session. I mean, this is it, Mark. You're right. Everything's on the line. line. If they get away with this, they're going to get away with everything. Absolutely. And a state senator, Doug Mastriano, a good friend of mine and patriot, I'm going to call him um, and see if we can do this and have an emergency session and declare this, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And let me say this, since we're heard all over Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania is my home state. Did you know that, Stephanie? That's awesome. Where are you from? Where, where, what do you represent? What area? I'm the 76th district, so Clinton and Center County out here near Penn State. Oh, I know where it is. It's beautiful there. It's gorgeous. It's God's country out here. It's beautiful. I went to Penn State one summer to accelerate my coursework. And I remember, I remember the main street there. They had a great pancake place. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, and I want to say this, uh, Representative Stephanie Borowitz. Everybody listening to me in the state of Pennsylvania right now, whether it's southeast Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania, northwest, northeast, the, uh, the, uh, the, west, the, the southern west corner of Pennsylvania, call your representatives, call your state senators, particularly the Republicans. Tell them they need to have an emergency session. And they need to assert Article 2 of the federal constitution, go back to the existing law, and reject what the Supreme Court and the executive branch in Pennsylvania are trying to do to this election, which is fix it. I don't mean fix it, reform it. I mean, fix it for Biden. Thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate your call. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. All right. God bless. You never know who's listening. That's why it's very important. So, Levinites, Levinites who live in Pennsylvania, call your state representatives and call your state senators. Email them, text them, and tell them Article 2 of the Federal Constitution. They must 
find null and void the decision by the five liberal lawyer Democrats dressed up as justices on the Supreme Court. Null and void the fiat issued by the executive branch that signatures don't have to match. That's not the law. Those aren't the rules in Pennsylvania. And neither one of those branches get to change it. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The battle has begun for the November 3rd general election. And it begins in the state of Pennsylvania, or as they like to call it, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Just as the Declaration of Independence was drafted and adopted in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, just as the Constitution of the United States was drafted and adopted, adopted 233 years ago to the day, we have a rogue state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, five to two left-wing Democrats versus constitutionalists. And down the line, they've handed the Democrat Party what the Democrat Party wants in order to tip the scale for Joe Biden. We had a wonderful state representative who just called. And I want to remind the state representatives and state senators in Pennsylvania and in every state and the American people what your Constitution says adopted 233 years ago today. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, Quote, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. In such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in Congress. The state legislature determines how those electors will be decided. In other words, the state legislature determines how the vote will take place and the rules that apply on election day. Not five Democrat liberal lawyers dressed up as justices steamrolling their position on the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania to accommodate the Democrat Party and the Biden campaign. This is the first legal shot now that's been fired in the general election, of any significance. It's been fired by the Democrats, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, and the executive branch of Pennsylvania. The executive branch of Pennsylvania doesn't get to say, doesn't get to say, if the signatures on a ballot don't match the signatures we have, we're going to count the vote anyway. That's not what the state legislature put in place. Or that ballots received up to three days after election night 
that are dated the day of the election will be counted. That's not what the state legislature of Pennsylvania has provided. And so the Republican state legislature in Pennsylvania has to decide, is it going to stand up or not? And let me tell you, they have an obligation under the federal constitution to confront this and as soon as possible. And this won't be the only legislature that has to take on left-wing courts and left-wing executives. But it is crucial that we're going to lose this election. So this battle's being fought at many levels. When it comes to the Constitution, I'm the George S. Patton. And I'm telling you right now, Pennsylvania has a fix, the legislature. And if any court in Pennsylvania seeks to override the legislative acts in an emergency session, the Pennsylvania legislature needs to continue to insist that it has the final say. Nowhere in the federal constitution does a state court have the final say. As a matter of fact, does a federal court have a final say? Nowhere. So the cheating has begun, dressed up as legal decisions. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, on this anniversary of our constitution... Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. They're very specific. They couldn't be more specific. A number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in Congress. And I told you the other night, early on in our history, the legislatures actually chose the electors. There wasn't a popular vote for electors. But now that there is, you can't allow leftists on a court to step in and change the rules at the 11th hour. Change the rules at the 11th hour because the Democrat Party, all of a sudden in April, decides mail-in voting is the way to go. For decades, they never said a damn thing. Now it's overwhelming the system to crush the system. And they're going to have these hacks on these state courts who've been elected for the most part, elected with their party support as Democrats, We're going to try and deliver states for them, regardless of the vote. So this is, in effect, Lexington and Concord, but in Pennsylvania, and as a legal matter. 233 years ago today, the delegates at the Constitutional Convention meeting ironically enough, in the Pennsylvania Assembly Building, the State House, adopted your Constitution. Adopted your Constitution. Now the question is whether the Pennsylvania legislature is going to defend that Constitution 233 years later. In the face of a rogue court and a rogue executive, controlled by Democrats, who seek to control the outcome of this election. I've talked about Bill Barr this week. I've talked about him in the past weeks. I've had him on Life, Liberty, and Levin for a full hour. Probably one of the best interviews he's ever had, because I let him speak, and he spoke beautifully about a number of issues. 
He's worried about his country. He's worried about the rule of law. He's worried about what the left is trying to do to this country. And as the Attorney General of the United States, he gets to speak out for the Constitution as well. Not just individual legal cases, but the Constitution. And he's speaking at Hillsdale College, our favorite college. And here in part is what he said. Cut 10, go. The rule of law uh, is uh, the foundation of civilization, including economic prosperity. And that's why these so-called Black Lives Matter people, now that as a proposition, who can quarrel with the proposition Black Lives Matter, but they're not interested in black lives. They're interested in, they're interested in props, a small number of blacks who were killed by police during uh, conflict with police, usually less than a dozen a year, who they can use as props to achieve a much broader political agenda. But I view the question of black lives as not only keeping people alive, but also having prosperity and flourishing in their communities. Wow, how radical. Cut 11, go. You know, they, they uh, treat free citizens as babies that, you know, can t- can't take responsibility for themselves and others. So I was saying all along, you know, we have to give business people an opportunity. You know, tell them what the rules are, you know, the masks. Which rule of masks do you have this month? And, uh, you know, tell us what tell the business people what the rules are and then let them try to adapt their business to that. And and you'll have ingenuity and people will at least have the freedom to try to earn a living. But but but, you know, putting a national lockdown, stay at home orders is like house arrest. It's it's it's, you know, other than slavery, which was a different kind of restraint. This is the greatest intrusion on civil liberties in American history. And so, of course, fools like James Clyburn, who called federal law enforcement Gestapo, is offended by this comment. See, you can't use the slavery word without James Clyburn's permission. My people were enslaved for hundreds and hundreds of years. A few thousand years back. Can I use the word? He didn't say this is akin to slavery. He said, other than slavery, which was a different kind of restraint, this is the greatest intrusion on civil liberties in American history. He's correct. He didn't say this is as bad as slavery, it's the same thing as slavery. He said a different kind of restraint. We have governors who've become tyrants. We have mayors who become tyrants. Not against rioters, not against Antifa, Black Lives Matter, looters, arsonists, rioters, no. Against hardworking, law abiding, tax paying American citizens. What the Attorney General said was correct. There's no need to cherry pick his words and try and spin them and twist them to turn them into something he didn't say. He's very plain spoken. It's very easy to understand. And we don't need the seal of approval from the very same media outlets and Democrats who are destroying this country 
and seek to destroy it in every conceivable way with their 110-page Communist Manifesto should they win this election. We don't need lectures from them. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. Oregon, Sirius Satellite, Brian Goretta Head, sir. Yellow, hey, yellow, yellow. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. It's a sincere pleasure to um, to be on your 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 show. And thank you. And one thing I, I certainly want to ask is your listeners to pray for us in Oregon. Yes, uh, it's just been right. a trying year. Um, and what I wanted to do was tell you because we. Have I do. I pray that Mother Nature will pull back. I pray for all the men and women and firefighters and others who are fighting these disastrous fires. And I pray for the destruction of the Democrat Party and all the fools that it has spawned because it affects lives and the quality of life in that state. Go right ahead. Yeah, what I wanted to uh, talk to you about and let your listeners know, um, we have all mail-in voting in Oregon. Um, We've had that for a number of years. And what they what it has allowed the basically the public employee unions what they do is they go through the voter rolls and see who because when you mail in your ballot that comes in weeks earlier than the actual election day they can see who is voted and who is not and then they send out teams of people and this is documented um, my good friend Julie Parrish and this was an Oregon state legislator uh, has filed complaints about this they go to these people's homes and they sit there and wait until they vote and take their ballot. So what they're doing is they're only going to Democrats or people that are, you know, that they want to vote. And they sit there and wait and actually in front of these people until they vote and they take their ballot and then they then they submit it. And so what they're doing is they're rigging the elections by Uh targeting certain groups. Uh And you see, and then they wrap themselves in sanctimony and self-righteousness. They want everybody to vote, every vote to count when that's not the truth. They want every vote for them to count, and then some. Uh, The way of people showing up on election day and voting, there's a reason for that. You have an election judge there who can call the shots right there. You have representatives from both parties there. You're not supposed to be campaigning uh, outside the precinct. There's a reason for that. And look what you have here. You have people knowing who voted, who didn't vote, even though in person it's a secret ballot. They know who to press, who not to press. They know who to contact, who not to contact. So the secret ballot is no longer secret. The whole process is, uh, uh, there's no oversight. 
for the process. And the Democrats have pushed for this because they feel this is how they're going to win. All right, sir, I, uh, I have silenced you with my genius. Thank you for your call. Let's continue, Mr. Producer. I just don't have the call screen up right now. KVOR, Alice, Colorado, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Speak or forever hold yourself. (laughs) Um, My question was um, about uh, the the electoral college vote being given to the um, popular vote. And I would like to know what we can do about that. I live in a state of one of 17 that have voted to do that. And I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, get any vote for that. So I was wondering, what is that all about? How can we stop that? Well, that's very interesting. I, I don't think I could be wrong that that's going to be an issue this time around, because the goal is to get enough states to do that. Uh, where they can overcome the 270 number. So if they can't do that, um, I don't think it would be particularly useful for them. But it does raise another legal issue because the Democrats can find many, many ways to try and destroy the electoral system. But I suspect in this election that won't be the big issue. Could be, but I don't think it will be. Okay, then why... Why didn't we all have a say in that? Is it just the... Well, you know why we don't have all say in it. Because they're crooked. That's why. To do that, they're making a choice. I'm saying they're crooked. And they're tyrants. And crooked tyrants don't want to hear from you, do they? No, they don't. So this is an effort to ram and uh, to change the rules. Look, they want to change the rules of the Senate. They want to change the rules of voting. They want to change the rules of the Senate. Uh, they want to be able to, to ram through whatever they can. Uh, they would like to get rid of the Electoral College so California controls everything. These are diabolical people. They're not constitutionalists. So this is why they and their media propagandists and mouthpieces like the New York Slimes trash the founders and the framers. They trash them so they can get away from our constitutional system. Have a one, You know, they admire the communist Chinese system more than they admire the constitutional representative system. We know this. Some of them have said it. Like Thomas Friedman. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. 
See, the left and the Democrats don't believe in the rule of law, whether they're rioters in the street or lawyers dressed up as judges and justices. They don't believe in the rule of law. So there are these last-minute changes being made. Can anybody point to a last-minute change being made to help the president and Republicans? No, you can't. So the Republicans are fighting to keep the status quo, and the Democrats are fighting for last-minute changes, for more lenient rules. So when they shake down voters in nursing homes or union members or whatever they're doing, they can get away with it. Who's ever heard of signatures not matching but allowing the vote to take place? That's institutionalized fraud, and that's what we're seeing, and I will coin the phrase, institutionalized fraud. That's what's taking place. The president's been exactly right. The attorney general's been exactly right. More and more of you, whether you're listening on terrestrial radio and the podcast, whether you're using an app, whatever you listen, you've got to listen to this program to the lead up to the election. Not because I'm an egomaniac. I'm not. Not because I'm concerned about ratings. I'm not. I'm concerned about our country. This is in my wheelhouse. This is my zone. When I'm explaining to you what happens when these matters are contested, when I'm explaining and have a state representative call me from Pennsylvania to look at Article 2 of the Constitution. There's also stuff going on in the state of Ohio with a, with a judge who is ordering more deposit boxes for mail-in voting, contrary to what the executive branch has said. So where does the judge have the authority to do this? The judge has no authority to do this. They just choose to get involved, and the judge is an elected Democrat. And you're going to see this over and over and over again. We saw it in Florida with elected Democrat judges, a left-wing Democrat Supreme Court, violating the federal constitution. Now remember this. These battles are in state courts, state courts on whether state law is being complied with. But if we have state courts, I don't care if it's the highest court in the state. That is undermining the legislative decisions about voting and voting processes. That becomes a federal constitutional issue because of Article 2. You with me, Mr. Producer? Because that triggers the federal constitution. Who has the final say? The legislature does. Not even the U.S. Supreme Court. The legislature has the final say. Now, whether they'll be counted a certain way or not, Congress has the final say. But in terms of what goes on within the state, the legislature has the final say. The governor actually has no say. The courts actually have no say other than to comply with the legislature's laws and uphold them. They don't get to just stretch the number of days for an election. They don't get to just say uh, uh, signatures that don't match, we're going to count them anyway. That's utter lawlessness. That is contempt. And what's going to happen here is all of us who vote properly, they're going to disenfranchise us. That's why this is so important. They don't want every vote to count. They're crooks. They're corrupt. They want every vote to count, even votes that shouldn't count. They want every vote to count, even though some of these votes are gotten by pressuring people. They want every vote to count, even if somebody's voting twice. 
This tyranny is spreading fast. Like wildfires and the mismanagement by Newsom and others. It is spreading fast. You must be resolute. You must be inspired to fight them. You must be prepared if you're going to vote by mail-in vote, by absentee ballot, or election day like me. Make sure you're all registered. You must be prepared to fight this fight and to show up en masse. Landslide numbers. Shock them. Shock them. Shock the pollsters. I'm speaking to the blue-collar workers. Whether you're union or non-union, you have so much in common. It's time to unite. I'm speaking to the men and women in the suburbs. You're being targeted. Your communities are going to be destroyed. It's time to unite. I'm talking to the men and women in our inner cities who've been abused by the Democrat Party and their rioters and their bureaucrats, their mayors. It's time to unite. People of America, regardless of your race and your religion, regardless of your sexual preference, regardless of your background, regardless of where you live, it's time to unite and fight these people. They are corrupt. They do not give a crap about this country, whether it's the inner city, whether it's rural areas, whether it's suburbs. They don't give a crap. They want power, power, power. That's what they want. That's why you don't have school choice in the inner cities. That's why your kids are getting a lousy education, no matter how much we spend. Because they use you, and they always have. And they always have. You have Joe Biden as a nominee. There's a long history of bigotry. Things he has said, even in the course of this election. Only a bigot can say. They point to Charlottesville for the president. They have to twist his words. They have to make up what he said in order to try and pin that label on him. Trump didn't say what they said he said. They've taken it out of context. This idiot Jake Tapper does it all the time. But that's who he is. He's a left-wing Democrat. Joe Biden was celebrating and bragging about the alliances he made with segregationists, racists, when he was a United States senator. And yesterday he says he will not support any funding, any funding, for private charter schools. There are fantastic private charter schools in this country, parochial schools, private schools of all kinds. And Joe Biden with a bigoted background, and who better is a, uh, a witness to this than Kamala Harris, his running mate, who condemned him. Joe Biden with a bigoted background, and it's a long bigoted background, now says, no, I'm not going to allow these kids to go to any other school because I'm bought and paid for by the National Education Association, the AFT. That's what people should be rising up about in our inner cities. That's what they should be marching against in our inner cities. That's the truth. The Democrats have made alliances with the devil in the past. And they still are. Then they pretend to represent you. They pretend to represent you. They represent themselves. As far as I'm concerned. Now, 
There's so much more to talk about. But let me continue one more point. Here we have a piece by CNSNews.com, by the great Terry Jeffrey. Washington, D.C. public schools spend $30,000 per student. I would ask the citizens of Washington, D.C., does it seem like it? What are you getting for this? Only 23% of 8th graders are proficient in reading. So who does this system benefit? The education bureaucrats, the education unions, the education administrations, who are in bed with the Democrat mayors and the Democrat party and Joe Biden. $30,000 per student. This is like a college uh, uh, cost for tuition. Only 23% of 8th graders are proficient in reading. In any other walk of life, that would be a flunk job. Something would have to change. The public elementary and secondary schools in the District of Columbia spent $30,115 per pupil during the 2016-2017 school year, according to the Department of Education's Digest of Education Statistics. Only 23% of 8th graders in D.C. public schools were proficient or better in reading in 2019, according to the Department's National Assessment of Educational Progress. The Democrats will say, spend more. We're not paying enough for our teachers who work so, so hard from home on the Internet. The District of Columbia was not the only jurisdiction where public schools cost taxpayers significant money and gave little in return. The eight states that followed the D.C. area with the nation's worst eighth grade reading scores, Alaska, New Mexico, Alabama, Texas, Mississippi, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. And they're against school choice? As I said the other day, you have more choice in picking toasters than you do in picking schools for your own children. This is a civil rights issue, as the president says. And it's going to take a civil rights type battle to get children in the inner cities especially educated. Because the Democrat Party has always stood in the schoolhouse doorway to prevent little black kids and now little brown kids, little yellow kids and little white kids from getting a quality education. And again, they own the school systems, they own the unions, they own the administrators, they own it all. Just like they own the forests, they own the timber areas, they own the inner cities, and they're destroying this country. And they're telling you that you need to vote for them because they want to destroy even more. I'll be right back. You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA, because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half. 
with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Tomorrow during this time, it's Rosh Hashanah, as apparently they say in Israel. That is the Jewish New Year. I am not on the air during Rosh Hashanah, as I'm not on the air during Yom Kippur. Uh, Yom Kippur falls on a Sunday evening, so uh, but Rosh Hashanah falls on tomorrow evening. So I will not be here, Mr. Call Screener, Richie V. He will be filling in. I will be back right here Monday. But I won't be here tomorrow to remind you, make sure you watch Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's my first ever interview of the President of the United States. And he sits down with us for an entire hour. Uh, and I'm not, you know, doing the George Stephanopoulos or the... Uh, or the swan guy over at uh, Axios, or the, any of these phony journalists. I'm not interested in that. I'm not playing gotcha. I ask the president a question, and he gives me an answer. Uh, I make a statement, and he responds to it. It's a discussion. A respectful discussion with the president. That's the way it used to be. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. I hope you'll check it out. I hope Fox properly promotes it. But I won't be here Friday, so you can watch it live at 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, or you can DVR it if you can't watch it live. And we're going to continue our BDS of the National Football League, where we want to drive down their ratings, drive down their earnings, because we're tired of subsidizing the millionaires and the billionaires who hate our guts. It's that simple. Who hate our guts. Am I behind on something, Mr. Producer? Wow, I'm in good shape. I don't know why I'm losing track today. Maybe I'm just excited about this show. And I feel like we're going to duke it out on this election. And in the end, we're going to pull it through. I got to believe. I got to believe all 14 million or 20 million of you when you add podcasting. I got to believe millions and millions of you are going to be the precinct workers, are going to be the Thomas Paines, and take responsibility. Not look at the RNC and who's going to do this, and we have to do that. You can do this. Three, four, five people vote. If you need to do the mail-in, okay. If you need to do absentee, okay. Make sure people are registered and make sure they show up. That's important, very important. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We have peace breaking out of the Middle East thanks to the President of the United States. And Joe Biden is not happy about it. Joe Biden oversaw the spread of ISIS, massive rape and torture and murder in the most horrendous way. Joe Biden supported the Iran deal which gave $150 billion and God knows how much more to the Iranian regime to use for terrorism and to build a nuclear arsenal. Joe Biden supports giving aid to the Palestinian Authority that the president cut off, pay-to-slay aid, which the Palestinian Authority used to give pensions to and subsidize with our tax dollars terrorists who went into Israel and killed Americans and killed Jews. Joe Biden says he believes in the two-state solution. With whom? Which state? He would undo everything that President Trump has done. He never believed in moving our embassy to Jerusalem. He never believed in sovereignty for the Golan Heights and the Jewish state. And it's even worse. He's going around telling Jews, liberal Jews, Democrats, of course, who vote in Moss. Um, for the Democrats, no matter what's done, that he supports Israel. It's a funny way of showing. As a matter of fact, we have this piece in the Free Beacon by Adam Credo. More than 160 House Democrats voted yesterday against a measure to combat anti-Semitism. It was a Republican amendment. It passed by a vote of 265 to 164. 162 of the 164 were Democrats. The Republican effort to include anti-Semitism in federal definition of discrimination follows similar moves by the White House to consider discrimination against Jewish people illegal under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, which affords protection to minorities and other groups. House Democrats have been divided on this. Why? Because they have a massive anti-Semitic problem in, in that party. And how you can be Jewish and a Democrat, and Jewish and vote for a Democrat today, is beyond me. Now there's a definitive piece in townhall.com where the title is, Biden is no friend of Israel, he's an adversary. Biden claims he's a friend of Israel, but it just isn't so. Let's walk down memory lane with the most hostile anti-Israel administration in American history. It was Obama-Biden that rewarded the Palestinian Authority with taxpayer dollars, despite it handing out millions of dollars to the Palestinian Authority terrorists for killing Americans and Israelis. It was Obama-Biden that pressured Israel to withdraw to indefensible borders, release Palestinian terrorists from jail, divide Israel's capital, Jerusalem, refrain from building homes and more, deafening silence from Obama-Biden regarding the PA's murderous track record and its refusal to recognize Israel as the one Jewish state. It was Obama-Biden that got in bed with Iran, the world's single largest state sponsor of terrorism. How Obama-Biden fathomed making a deal with an enemy that cried death to America and death to Israel defies credulity. Obama-Biden gave Iran a clear pathway to nuclear weapons and billions of dollars, $1.8 billion of which was sent in cold, hard U.S. taxpayer cash 
in the dead of night. Biden pledges to re-enter the Iran deal. Iran's goal of annihilating the United States and Israel doesn't seem to bother Biden. How precious that Biden is offended about foreign election interference when it was Obama-Biden that meddled in Israel's election, funneling U.S. taxpayer dollars to organizations trying to defeat Prime Minister Netanyahu and then misleading Congress about it. It was Obama-Biden that refused to oppose the anti-Semitic boycott divestment sanction movement whose goal BDS co-founder admitted is to eliminate, quote, any Zionist state like the one we speak about in present-day Israel. It goes on. On its way out the door, it was the Obama-Biden administration that betrayed Israel again in December 2016 by orchestrating the UN Resolution 2334 vote, falsely claiming that the old city of Jerusalem was illegal and occupied Palestinian territory. And if that wasn't bad enough, Obama-Biden actually instigated the humiliation of Israel's UN ambassador, Danan, by having every other ambassador at the Security Council table stand and applaud the resolution's passage as Danan sat there. As U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley said with respect to the UN's bias against Israel, what really broke my heart was how much the Obama administration contributed to it. Biden's abysmal Israel track record speaks for itself. The United States simply cannot relive this nightmare, and neither can Israel. That's at townhall.com, and the columnist is Julie Strauss-Levin. And some of you have asked on my site where I posted it, is she related? Well, she is my wife. Quite brilliant there, don't you think, Mr. Producer? But we have a huge problem now in the Democrat Party with the growing anti-Semitism. And it's growing, it's getting completely out of control. And all the progress this president has made, despite efforts to undermine him by ex-generals, by a national security advisor, by the Democrat Party, by the media by the former Obamanoids and Clintonoids and their hemorrhoids. Look at what he's done. Did you know 275 generals and admirals signed a letter the other day endorsing Donald Trump for President of the United States? Generals, major generals, lieutenant generals, and brigadier generals. Admirals, vice admirals, and rear admirals. In other words, the top of the top, 275 of them. And isn't it interesting that the left-wing media, which is all the media, really, there's only five or six ex-generals that they like, only five or six ex-generals that they talk to. The ones who disagree with Trump or the ones who served Obama so slavishly. They're on the record and off the record. A handful of them. And you're supposed to believe that they speak for all of them. They speak for almost none of them. 275 generals and admirals have endorsed the President of the United States and you read it almost nowhere. Nowhere. 27 people now on the record have said that the Atlantic story is a lie. On the record, 27. It's still out there. But it is a lie. Joe Biden is no more supportive of the Jews than he's supportive of African Americans. Let's be blunt. 
That's the truth. We have a couple of great guests coming up, but before I go there, I want to talk about one other thing. Because as I said, tomorrow evening is Rosh Hashanah, and I won't be here. I'll be back on Monday, and of course I'll be on Fox on Sunday. Life, Liberty, and Levin, I think we call it. That's the vaccine. We actually now have the Democrat Party and their media mouthpieces campaigning against the vaccine. Trying to scare people about a possible vaccine. We actually have a political party politicizing apparently a soon-to-come vaccine. We've never seen this in modern American history. Ever. They should be applauding this. Last week, there was a uh, statement put out by the nine chief executive officers of the largest pharmaceutical companies in America. Some in the world. And they put this out to counter what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the other demagogues and reprobates were saying. And they said, we are not cutting corners on safety. That the health and welfare of the American population is our number one concern. That's why we're in this business. That we would never support the release of a vaccine that didn't overcome all the hurdles. In one test alone, phase three alone, with Pfizer, they've expanded the population of testing from 30,000 people to 44,000 people. Utterly and completely unheard of. And the best the Democrat Party can do is condemn the President of the United States, scare the American people. Why the hell would anyone vote for these bastards? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Pastor Darrell Scott has a great American story. He's a great patriot. He's a courageous man. He goes against the flow, and he doesn't much care about what the flow is. He's a man of God. He wasn't always a man of God, but he's a man of God now. He's got a magnificent book out called Nothing to Lose, Unlikely Allies in the Struggle for a Better Black America. Pastor, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mr. Great One. As well, Sean Hannity calls you, the great one, Mark Levin. I consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to grace this, this, this magnificent platform. Well, you're very kind. You know, my wife calls me the great big one. She says I need to lose a little bit of weight, but that's beside the point. Tell, uh, Pastor, 
it's a brief period of time, but tell everybody about your life a little bit, how you started and how you wound up where you are today. Well, you know, I came up out the streets. I mean, I was, I was a product of the inner city of the 70s, 60s and 70s inner city. And without in that life, you know, uh, and that life, I talk about it in the book, Nothing to Lose. How, you know, my circle of associates were, I don't know, pimps, prostitutes, murderers, robbers, thieves, uh, crooks, liars. That, that was my circle of associates. And it was a normal circle to me. Uh, you know, any, anyone that was not in that circle was abnormal to me. That was my normal circle of associates, and I saw nothing wrong with it. And, I messed around one evening and wound up giving my life to the Lord, accidentally. I didn't intend on doing it that night. I went to church that night just to shut myself up, and I wound up giving my life to the Lord. I was instantly delivered out of that lifestyle, walked away from it, never went back. Uh, Became a, a nominal, average, ordinary Christian, and, you know, was active in church for years until ultimately we felt the call of God, my wife and I, on our life. I stepped out 26 years ago and started our own church, and it ultimately grew. I was, um, Paula White has been a friend of mine for 25 years or so. And, um, you know, one time she invited my wife and I to a meeting at Trump Tower. I knew she had a unit there, and I had actually been there before. And so my wife and I went up to meet with her, and she took us over on the other side, on the office tower side. Tell everybody who that is. Paula White, she's the president's spiritual advisor, probably the closest preacher to him. They have a decades-long friendship. I know I had seen him on her television program before. And so she invited us to um, New York to have a sit-down with her. And, and, and while we're there, you know, it was several other pretty big-name preachers in America that were there. They've never revealed the fact that they were there, so I don't want to be the one that gives their names. Mm-hmm. There's about eight or nine of us. And... Uh, I didn't know what Paula wanted, and Donald Trump walks in. This was 2011. Donald Trump walks in, and he said, I asked Paula to invite some of her friends here that she felt was in contact with God. I'm thinking about running for president in 2012 against Barack Obama, and I want you guys to pray on me and pray for me that God gives me the wisdom to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. That was my very first interaction with Donald Trump. An, an ordinary guy requesting prayer. We prayed on him. We prayed for him. Nobody got their cell phones out and posted it on social media. You know, people weren't doing that in 2011 like they do it now. And afterwards, we sat down and had a wonderful conversation for four, five, six hours. And I went away from that meeting very, very impressed with him. Um, I told myself then if he would run, I was going to go with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, we exchanged information, and we stayed in touch. A couple of weeks later, he said he decided not to run. I was a little disappointed. And then you fast forward to 2015, and I got the call. I'm thinking about running. You with me? And I said, yeah, I'm with you all the way. And you know what? In my sanctified imagination, I really believe God spoke to him mm-hmm. in 2011. And I believe what God said to him was, hey, Donald, don't run in 2012. Run in 2016, and I got you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you've been a, a big fan of his. You've been uh, all over the media, been trying to explain to people uh, why he is uh, the man for the times. Let me, let me do it this way, and I don't mean to be awkward in this. You know, 
maybe 90% of the African-American community, maybe less, they vote Democrat. What do you want to say to that community? That's your community. That's the community you come out of. What, what is it that you want to say to them? Listen, you know what? There's a scripture in the Bible that says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Uh, and, and I'm going to get to what you, what you were saying because I, I see it. I was on a conference call, a Zoom call last night with, four, with six people, actually, and four of them were uh, high-profile guys in the, uh, in the rap world, the hip-hop rap world, high-profile guys. And we began having this conversation about Donald Trump, and I began naming all of the accomplishments he has done for the black community. They did not know about any of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said, well, where are you getting your information from? Because they asked me the question, if he's done all this, if he's done criminal justice reform and prison reform and opportunity zones and urban revitalization and historic funding for HBCUs, why don't we know about this? I said, where are you getting your information from? If you're only listening or watching left-wing media, you're not going to know these things. Mm-hmm. I talked to another gentleman that uh, was a graduate of an HBCU, and his sons were going to HBCUs. And I told him about the historic levels of funding that President Trump had done for the HBCUs. He knew absolutely nothing about it. I Googled it for him. I showed it to him. He said, why don't I know? I said, where do you get your information from? Well, CNN, MSNBC, that's why you don't know. My people are perishing for lack of knowledge. It's almost like someone that's, that's in the desert, and, and, and there's an oasis in this desert, and they've got some people convincing them that that oasis is a mirage. And so they're in the desert dying of thirst when all they have to do is go over here and at least check and see what's going on. And so I would like, like and, and you know what, a lot of our people are waking up, though. A lot of the black community. And Pastor, even, even now. Believe in him for the works he's done. Yeah. He's done some uh, undeniable works regarding the black community that they, even the detractors can't receive. But before we run out of time, I, I want to mention school choice. Uh, Joe Biden was interviewed by uh, the NEA president, and uh, he said he is opposed to any funds going to private charter schools. He's really opposed to all school choice. And here you have Donald Trump, who's trying to lead this civil rights movement so little kids have real opportunities to educate themselves. Exactly what you're talking about. People, you know, the thing is, if people had information, they wouldn't keep voting Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. So Biden is now standing in the schoolhouse doorway, isn't he? Yes, he is. And you know what? The black community needs school choice more than any other community in America right now. Because some of our schools are simply... um, uh, institutes of crime and criminal activity. Some kids have to be afraid on their way to school and back. And not only that, we're not getting in some of our schools the quality of education that we could receive if we went elsewhere. A lot of our children, uh, if they had different social uh, environments, at least for certain hours of the day, could quite possibly turn out to be different. All right, let me promote your book, Pastor. It's called Nothing to Lose, Unlikely Allies in the Struggle for a Better Black America. It is a fantastic book. You can link to it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, Mark Levin Show Parlor. You can go directly to Amazon.com. Read it and share it. Nothing to Lose by the great Pastor Daryl Scott. Thank you, my friend. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Ask him for middle ground? There is no middle ground. Talk with Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, we're bringing on this program some of the best candidates running in some of the most winnable districts across the country. And we have another fantastic candidate tonight, Dr. Leo Valentine, Florida 7th, that's around Orlando. Dr. Valentine also... He is Puerto Rican. He was raised in Puerto Rico. His family moved to Florida. He is a rock rib Republican. Doctor, how are you, sir? Well, Mark, it's a true honor and true pleasure to be here with you guys and with your audience. It's a you know, fantastic day and month to be, to be talking to you about what's happening here in Central Florida. I'm doing great and uh, happy to be here. Tell us about the towns, what towns are in your district, who your opponent is, and and what you're doing, what are the major issues? Sure. So we're in District 7. This is uh, Orlando, metropolitan area, really downtown Orlando, going all the way to Sanford, uh, San- Sanford Airport. We have Seminole County, all of Seminole County, and the northern part of Orange County. That includes uh, Winter Park and, and right here in, in Orlando, uh, where I live. And, and really, you know, we're, uh, yeah, our, our district is, is very unique. We have... Uh, a great, great diversity. You know, we have our, uh, I grew, like I mentioned, I grew up in, in Puerto Rico. Uh, I'm a physician, a medical doctor, and, you know, through hard work and perseverance, I was able to, to achieve my American dream. And we have many Puerto Rican families that live here in the district that uh, we've been talking to. And, and so we're getting our, our message out there. It's really a message of economic opportunity and how our policies can help us move forward. This was true before the the pandemic and it's even more so now now is this uh, district a marginal district or republican district that went democrat last time or what well this is a uh, i would describe it as an even district as a, a swing district and a swing state as you know and so uh for us it's very important to get our, our message out there we've been really focusing on, on on three core principles that i think are so important now and it's really individual liberty about having our a healthy uh, community. And so to have a, a healthy community, we need to be able to respect the individual and, and those individual aspirations. We know we're, we're fighting this fight for against big government. And, you know, coming from Puerto Rico, growing up in, in Puerto Rico, uh, you know the problems that big government uh, creates. And, and the other side of that is really socialism, right? The, the collectivist mentality can take two, two forms, if we may call it that way. 
So one is big government and, and the problems that cause, and, and the other one is socialism. And, and really, you know, socialism needs big government, and big government needs socialism and leads to socialism. So that, that is really important, especially in, in these times where we unfortunately see some of the younger generation uh, embracing those ideas. And, and in our district, you know, we have a, a great community from Venezuela, uh, Cuban-Americans, that know uh, the problems that those policies cause. And so it, it, it's really it, like Florida, you, you know, you've seen the numbers, and uh, I think uh, Floridians are very receptive uh, to that message, and, and we know the role we play not only for uh, Republicans to take back the House, but really, uh, you know, at the state level and the national level. And so there, the significance of this district, uh, you know, couldn't be more important in such an important cycle like this one and in such a critical time. And your opponent, uh, tell us about your opponent. Well, you know, my, my opponent is really exemplifies a political class of Washington. You know, the, the, the divide in this country, quite frankly, is between those hardworking Americans and, and the political class. This is someone that votes 95% of the time with Nancy Pelosi, uh, although d- during campaign season, they try to pretend that they're bipartisan. The other part is she was recently caught lobbying uh, or pushing for taxpayer bailout of corporate lobbyists uh, on, on an interview with uh, Nancy Pelosi and, and those corporate lobbies. So essentially trying to give PPP money uh, to corporate lobbyists. And so that's the kind of thing that, you know, they can say one thing on the campaign trail, but when you go and look at the record, voting 95% with Nancy Pelosi, pushing for taxpayer bailouts and uh, really doing everything to, to become a, a China apologist and, and helping China, right? So in the middle of the pandemic, instead of focusing on our recovery, she was more concerned with lifting tires from China and, and really trying to, to essentially be working for, working for China instead of focusing on our, on our needs here. Now, um, how does it look on the ground there? Is she raising more money? You raising more money? Do you have uh, these precincts covered for Election Day, early voting, all these things? Well, you know, financially, it's, it's, you, you can see all the, the special interest money funding uh, my opponent's campaign. We have uh, kept working hard and, and making sure we have uh, those individual contributions from, uh, from uh, our supporters, and, and we're campaigning really hard. I think the energy on the ground is, is fantastic. And, and the message, I mean, you're seeing it on the numbers and we're seeing it uh, also on the ground. And I think sometimes the numbers don't even reflect uh, the amount of energy we're seeing here. And, and we're talking really to everyone. We're campaigning in every part of our district. And uh, we've been doing events with uh, the, the Trump victory team and uh, Latinos for Trump as part of a, as a Hispanic Heritage Month and making sure we, we're accessible, that we're talking to, to everyone and, and getting our message out there. This is another one of those districts. If you can win, uh, you'll help the president win Florida. And so uh, this is, again, a, one of these districts that we'll be watching on election night. It's very, very important that the people in, in your district turn out and vote, whether it's early voting, absentee voting, or register and voting in person. It's very, very important that you raise the funds you need. So here's the site. It's leovalentine.com. Now let me spell it. Leo is obvious. V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N. No E on the end. Correct, correct. Yeah, V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N.com. 
Just easier to go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, Mark Levin Show Parlor. We will have a link. Uh, anybody who can support Leo from around the country, I hope you will. Anybody in the district who can help Leo, I hope you will. I've met Leo. He's a class act. He's a very decent man. He's a physician. You're really a citizen candidate, aren't you, sir? Uh, I am, and, and you know, when, when I, I talk about being a political outsider, uh, I really mean it. I mean, I, I'm a medical doctor, and, and obviously I'm passionate about health care. And, and when we announced this campaign, no one you know, knew that we were going to be in the middle of the pandemic. And so we've used this voice to, to really be part of the solution. And I think this, in times like this, uh, I would like to see us come together and, and recognizing that we can build uh, you know, our way out of this. We can recover and we can be smart. We can be safe get back to work and, and protect the most vulnerable. So I've been using that voice and really talking from a medical perspective uh, and, and combining that with really what the right policy should be. At the end of the day, our health care is connected to our economy and our economy is connected to our health care. And I think we can do both. And, and the American people know that. And, and that's why we're working so hard to uh, not only recover, but really rebuild that great economy that, that President Trump created and, and, quite frankly, the most inclusive economy in our history. So I think we can do that, and we're going to work extra hard to, to be a, an ally for the president and, and for the Florida delegation. I think you'd be a, a solid member of the majority if we can get you in the House. I think you'd be a wonderful voice uh, for the Republican Party in the House and in the Orlando area. And again, folks, this is one of these key districts as we bring members on or potential members on. LeoValentine.com, L-E-O-V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N.com. Valentine without the E on the end. Uh, Doctor, we wish you all the best, my friend. Well, thank you, Mark. It's a true honor to, to have been here, and uh, I look forward to talking to you some more during the, the, this part of the, of the cycle. So thank you so much. Well, we too, and uh, we, we really hope you win this seat, and God bless you. Thank you. I'm bringing you the cream of the crop, ladies and gentlemen. In each case, people ask me who should we support in the House. Um, One after another, these are districts that can be won. These are districts that were Republican in most cases the cycle before. And if we don't take them back this time, we're never going to be able to flip them back. I want to talk to you about something that's near and dear to my heart. Operation Deep Blue. Now... I talked about Operation Deep Blue last year. It's an important organization whose purpose is to increase awareness of law enforcement officers, other first responders, military service members who died in the line of duty. It raises funds to provide relief to these families, all these fallen heroes, and also for related charities that support surviving family members. Last weekend, Operation Deep Blue launched its second annual expedition to honor our fallen heroes. The Operation Deep Blue team started its expedition in New Jersey, and by the time it arrives in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, it will have paddled over more than 225 miles. Yes, paddled, because they're doing this by water. By water. This year's Operation Deep Blue team is comprised of active, retired, and former federal, state, and county, and local law enforcement officers and intelligence community professionals. Now, the team trains year-round, including paddling throughout the winter in sub-freezing temperatures for this event. 
And during the expedition, the team's skills, physical endurance, mental toughness, and commitment to honoring our fallen heroes are tested. As these teams paddle as many as 10 hours each day in a variety of challenges and rapidly changing conditions. And they do this in honor of the men and women who have perished. This year's expedition is particularly important, given what's going on in the country right now. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you agree that we really need to do more than talk and to support our fallen heroes. And Mr. Producer, I want you to go ahead and put the link up for Operation Deep Blue. It's operationdeepblue.org. Operationdeepblue.org. It's called a 501c3 IRS nonprofit organization. That means every, const- every contribution is tax deductible. Every contribution is tax deductible. So let's help these men and women who have helped us for so many years. Operation Deep Blue.org. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. As I said, I won't be here tomorrow. It's the beginning of the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. And uh, I will be here in spirit. Richie V will be sitting in for me. But if you don't mind, because it is Thursday, again, we're going to have this fantastic interview with the president. I know because I did it today. It's not going to be a hit job with like Stephanopoulos or this guy Swan from Axios. It's not going to be an attack job. Uh, I don't interview these guys uh, or this president like these guys because I respect him. I want him to uh, to have an opportunity to express himself. I would do exactly the same thing with Joe, but he's a coward and a fool and an idiot, so he won't do it. Um, and you're going to see how the president moves from subject to subject, how he dives in, how he knows great detail about the various issues. Um how his, uh, his mind is moving very, very quickly from one issue to another. You can see that he's been a very productive and ambitious president and a very successful president. And I don't go at this, as I say, as a reporter, because I have no respect for most reporters today. Because they pretend they're reporters, they pretend they're professionals, and most of them aren't. They have an agenda. All you have to do is watch one of these presidential press conferences, and you can see. And I don't... Uh, I don't 
make any bones about it. I'm a conservative. I want this president to win for the sake of the country, for the sake of our families, for the sake of our our political and economic systems. You see, Joe Biden's not running on his 110-page Communist Manifesto, which was really given birth by Bernie Sanders and the Bolsheviks. He's not running on it, and the media aren't talking about it. Because if you really knew it was in there, uh, Donald Trump would win in a landslide. That document demonstrates to me that Joe Biden hates America. That 110-page document. There's nothing about this country that he embraces. Nothing. Obama used to call it fundamental transformation. It's fundamental destruction. From sea to shining sea, regardless of your race, your background, your ethnicity, your religion, your genitalia, or what you do with your genitalia. It is a war on America. It's a war on the American people. It will destroy American jobs. It will destroy American industries. It will destroy America's small business. I'll give you an example. Joe Biden is proposing a massive individual income tax increase. He's proposing a massive corporate income tax increase. He's proposing a massive capital gains tax increase. He's proposing slashing uh, the cap on the death tax. This is taxes you've already paid on these dollars. So he will destroy small farmers who are going to have to sell their farms in order to pay their taxes. He's going to destroy small businesses who won't be able to compete. These corporate income taxes and these other taxes means that even our big companies will be handicapped in terms of competing with China and other foreign, foreign uh, governments and countries. He's learned nothing. Nothing. When you read the 110-page document, it could have been written by Black Lives Matter. Everything about America is racist, and so we need affirmative action and other action in every respect of this society. I encourage you to read it. 110 pages. I'm not making this stuff up. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank you for listening. All you patriotic Levinites out there, God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you on Fox, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. And I'll see you right here on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.